everyone and welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope that you will visit our website at gbcakron.org or hit the link in our bio. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to let us know by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Wow, didn't Grace and the praise team do a great job this morning? I'm so thankful for them. So thankful for what they did this morning and just uh, bringing us into the Lord's presence. And, uh, you know, we started a new uh, sermon series last week. Uh, looking in the book of Daniel, talking about what it means to have a steady soul in a crumbling society. And you know, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of craziness in our world. Have you noticed that? I don't know. Just turn on your TV or open up your browser. You can kind of see there's a lot of crazy things going on. It's not new. It's been crazy for a while, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, it's not like uh, this weekend is any different from other weekends. But, you know, our God, in the midst of all the craziness that's happening in our world, our God wants to be known as the God, okay? So there's a lot of small gods in our world, little g gods in in our world. And um, we wrestle with those little g gods. Those little g gods are actually louder than the God, the Almighty God. And so uh, the craziness in our world many times it, um, it causes us to not hear or see or know where the God is. And many times what happens is we turn to our little G-Gods to help us get through times of craziness. But sometimes God allows the chaos to be turned up to the point where we realize our little G-Gods aren't enough. They're not enough. And so how does God do that? How does God make himself known when there are so many little g-gods vying for our attention and wanting us uh, to listen to them and lean on them when life is crazy? How does God get our attention? Now, I want us to think about this as we're jumping into Daniel chapter 2 this morning Because this chapter is about God showing us how he gets our attention in our world. And it can happen at at a, you know, it can happen at a global level. It can happen at an individual level. But either way, it's God trying to get our attention. And, And then when the craziness hits and when chaos hits in our life, how are we to respond to that? And I think as we as we go through this. Uh, together this morning, you're going to see that this is very practical. You can can apply the things that we're going to discover in God's Word together today. You can apply it to your life right now, all depending upon how crazy your life is right now, okay? So some of us have crazier lives than others, all right? And we're not here to judge anyone's craziness, all right? Just stating the fact that we all have a bit of craziness in our life and, and where is God in that, and how is God trying to get our attention through what that, that craziness that we're encountering? And so this is how Daniel chapter 2 begins. 
Because he's talking, he's getting the attention of a king who thinks he's a god. All right? And so, and so this king's name is Nebuchadnezzar, and, and I may call him just King Neb, okay? Because I get tired of saying Nebuchadnezzar. It says it a lot. All right? So, but let's look at this together, beginning in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. Now, before we get too far, you and I need to understand when it says he had dreams, it means he kept having a recurring dream. That night after night after night, who knows if it happened every night, but it kept happening. He kept having this same dream over and over again. And look at what this dream does to him. It says his mind was troubled and he could not sleep. Well, we can all relate to that sometimes, can't we? It may not be from a dream, but our minds can be troubled and we can't sleep. This is what was happening to King Neb. All right, he kept having this, this dream, this recurring dream, and it troubled his mind and he couldn't sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. And when they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. So God can use trouble in our life to pull us towards him. Okay. Now this particular king doesn't know God at all. And he doesn't know that it's the God that has given him this dream that is troubling him. But what you and I need to know is that no matter where we are in life, whether we're far from God or halfway from God or, or even we might consider ourselves to be close to God, that God many times allows trouble, allows craziness, allows chaos, something that bothers us in our mind. Something that we can't wrap ourselves around it to understand it. That God can use these things to reveal himself to us. That God can use these things to say, hey, I'm trying to get your attention from all the little gods in your life because I'm the God of your life. Does this make sense? This is what's happening to King Neb. He just doesn't know what's happening to him. And I think the same thing happens to us. I think there are times that trouble comes into our life and it is a direct, it is directly being allowed or directly coming from the, the hand of God so that he might get our attention to remind us once again, he is the God of all gods and that we need to be relying upon him, listening to him, learning from him. Look at what goes on to tell us in this passage. It says, the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. And the king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. And you thought you had a bad boss. Right? You thought your boss was the worst. This guy, look at what he's saying. He's saying, yep, I've had a dream. And you know, this is what I have decided. He says, I have firmly decided. I'm not going to tell you what my dream is. 
you tell me what my dream is, and you tell me what it means. Yeah, now you like your boss. All right? He says, but if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. I think it's kind of funny. It's kind of like, I mean, I've never gone and seen a psychic. But if I were to walk in to see a psychic, I think the first thing I would ask is, you tell me who I am. You're the psychic, right? And that kind of is what the king is saying to his advisors, his astrologers, his enchanters, his magicians, his wise men. He's saying, you guys say you have abilities that are beyond my abilities, so use them. You tell me my dream and tell me what it means because my mind is troubled and I need your help. Once more they replied, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. Now listen, Neb is troubled. Okay, this is not a normal dream to him. He's truly bothered by it. And he's not looking for cliche answers. He's not looking for someone to pat him on the back and say, oh, it's going to be okay. This is going to work out. All the cliche things that we say to each other in our craziness, right? The things where, where we just look at one another and, 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 and we, we're looking at that person who's truly troubled by something and we don't know how for them. We don't know what to say to them. So we say the cliche things that we say. It's going to be okay. God's in charge. It's all going to work out. He's, he's like, I don't want to hear that stuff. I want to know what's going on. And I want to make sense of it. And you guys tell me that you have abilities to gain information that nobody else has. And I'm asking you to do that. And tell me the truth. Don't tell me wicked things. Don't tell me things I want to hear. Tell me the truth about what I'm seeing. The reason he's so harsh, I mean, it does seem kind of harsh, right? If you can't tell me what it is, I'm going to cut you into pieces. It's kind of harsh. The reason it's so harsh is, as we read the chapter, you're going to discover this dream was about the rise and fall of nations and empires. And one of them is his own. The empire that he sits in, that, that he is king of. And he is seeing the end of his empire and the rise of other empires. He doesn't know that because he doesn't know what the dream means. He just knows that it has to do with him. And he wants to know what's going on. And the astrologers, the Bible tells us, they answered the king, there is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. 
no one can reveal to the king except the gods. And look, this is important. They do not live among humans. Well, the God does. The God lives among us. Grace was right just a moment ago when she was leading us. God, you're in this place. He lives among us. They're saying only immortal gods could do what the king was asking. And the king is saying, you've told me you know immortal gods. So figure out what's going on. The Almighty God, the God, has created a problem that can only be answered by Him. And folks, I believe that still happens. I think that happens to us. I think it happens to us as a nation sometimes. I think it happens to us individually sometimes. That problems rise up, and it's a God problem, and only God can fix it. And, and, and until we turn away from all of our little gods, we're never going to find the answer. That's what's going on here. And it's crazy. It's chaotic. Can you imagine how these guys must feel? The chaos they must feel? The king wants us to tell him his dream and then interpret it. This isn't even reasonable. You ever felt like your life is like that? Like a problem comes in? From, from outside of you, and, it, and, and the more you think about it, it's even less reasonable than it did. Than it, I mean, it's just, it, it boggles the mind. That's what's happening here. It leads me to this first observation, and that is that chaos reminds us that our gods are not, are not sufficient. Chaos reminds us our gods are not sufficient. Listen, we have a lot of little gods. What, you know one little god that people have? We don't call it a god, but it, it, it's called retirement. I mean, we plan for retirement. we got a plan, right? And we invest and we put stuff in or, or we hope it will be our kids who are going to make a lot of money. we got some kind of plan, right? we got some kind of plan in place. Then life happens and that plan is challenged. It was a little God. It wasn't the God. And so we have all kinds of little gods like that. Some people just have money in general. That's, or, or their career. You know, they start down a career path and they think, this is it. This is what I'm going to do with my life. This, this, is, this is how my life is going to make purpose. It's going to make sense. And then something happens. Chaos. Career's over. Little God. That was a little God in our life, not the God in our life. Sometimes it's our family. You know, we, we, oh, we love our family. We love one another. We get along so great. We encourage one another. We, 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 I mean, like we, we could take on the world, our family, until we can't. It was a little God, not the God. And things begin to unravel and they begin to fall apart. And it's chaos in our life. It's chaos we didn't plan for. It's chaos, in fact, that, that we thought would never come. I mean, come on. What troubles you and keeps you up at night? That's the chaos. Chaos is there to remind us that our little gods just aren't sufficient. They're just not enough for what life really throws at us. 
The king, in responding to his astrologers, look at what he says. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Okay, now Daniel comes in the story, and guess what? Daniel's not even there. Okay, who knows? Maybe, maybe it was his PTO. I don't know. He wasn't even there for this discussion that happened between the king and his wise men. But the king is so mad, he's so furious, he says, I'm done with all of you, I'm going to have you all executed. And they're getting ready to carry out the orders. And so there were men sent to find Daniel to kill him, and he doesn't even know what's going on. He's not even aware of what is happening. Notice that God, it leads us to this observation, and that is that God is in the chaos we face. There are things that happen outside of us that we are not aware of that, that are crazy. It is crazy. I can't believe this just came into my life. I can't believe this just happened to me. I wasn't even aware that was going on. And now it's happened, and it has entered my life, and it is chaotic, and God is in it just like God's in this. Where did the dream come from? Not a trick question. Where did the dream come from? It came from God. God is the one that is creating chaos. He's creating the chaos. And I don't know if you've noticed, we see it right here in this passage, but you've probably noticed this in your life. And that is that trouble flows downhill. You ever notice that? I mean, it's the king who's got a problem. And where does his problem go? It goes to his wise men. And they can't fix the problem. And then where does it go? Oh, it filters into every, and it's going to impact the entire kingdom. He's going to execute every wise man in the kingdom. This is going to impact everyone. Trouble, it just flows downhill. And oh my goodness, God is in it. The same thing happens to me and you. Let me give you a really good example of what I'm talking about. We called it COVID. Did it not impact everyone? Was it not chaotic for everyone? It, it swept across our world. It swept across our nation. And it touched everyone. And it seemed so chaotic. It seemed so unreasonable. And, and there were people doing unreasonable things. I don't know, kind of like the king here. He's unreasonable. He's troubled. He was, he's scared. And, and if, there was, if there was one emotion that overrode every emotion during COVID, it was fear. People were afraid. People get unreasonable when they're afraid. They get unreasonable when, when they... Don't, they can't make sense of what's going on. That happened at a national level, okay? But, but at a global level, really. But, but it's not always something that, that happens at that, at that level. I mean, it can happen at an individual level. It can happen to you, like, just through your finances. And, and your world, your finances are chaotic, and it's, and it's impacting your world, but it's not really impacting my world. 
So sometimes we have individual chaos, and then sometimes we have chaos that's touching many people around us. Either way, God's in it. God's always in the chaos. I know a lot of times we begin to think this is evil, this is bad, and it may be bad, and it may have evil components to it, but you better understand God's in it. He's in it. And he's trying to get our attention. He's trying, he's trying to let us see him in the chaos. So how do we do this? How do we find God in chaos? Daniel, as an example, is going to show us how this unfolds. Now, imagine, again, what's going on. Daniel has not been aware of anything that's going on with the king. He doesn't know about how troubled the king is. He doesn't know that there's a, been an issue decreed to have him executed. But look at what takes place. When Ariok, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. So this guy, Ariok, shows up, says, Hey, Daniel, you're under arrest. You're with me. I'm getting ready to execute you. Don't know how you'd respond to that. Don't know how I'd respond to that. But Daniel responded to that with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Immediately he's saying, look, something here doesn't make sense. Something here is, 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 is out of whack. Explain to me why, the, why is the king doing this? Now listen. Well, let's read on. Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went to the king. Look at this. Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. So this leads us to the first thing that, that I'd like to point out about how you and I can find God in our chaos. And that is when others are unreasonable, remain reasonable. Daniel spoke with wisdom. That means he spoke with counsel. It says that he spoke with tact. Do you know what that means? He spoke tastefully. When, when Arioch came and asked him, he didn't fly off the handle. He, di he didn't say, that stupid king. What, he's an idiot. What is he doing? That's not what Daniel did. He spoke wisely. And he spoke tastefully. Respectfully. And he remained reasonable in a very unreasonable situation. Folks, if this is not happening in your life right now, hang on, it's coming. Because unreasonable things happen almost daily. And if we want to find God in those unreasonable things, we got to keep our stuff together. Flying off the handle. Becoming just as irrational as everyone else is. That does not allow us to find God in the chaos. I love how he went to the king 
and he asked. He asked. Can you imagine the tone? He asked for time. He asked to seek to understand. He didn't flaunt his power. He went into persuasion. And he asked questions. And he listened. And he remained calm when everyone else was feeling threatened. This is the first step for you and I to find God in our own chaos. It goes on to say in verse 17, Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Which leads us to the second thing. And that is, speak intelligently to like-minded spiritual people. If you and I, if we want to find God in our chaos, first, we've got to remain reasonable while everyone else is not reasonable. But secondly, when we ask questions and we listen to those answers, then we take that and we go to like-minded spiritual people and we speak intelligently to one another about what's going on in the world and what's going on in our life. He didn't gather Hananiah, Mishael, and and and. Azariah, he didn't pull them together and let's have a slam session on the king. Let's talk about what, how stupid he is and how unreasonable he is. Let's talk about how crazy this is and how it's going to impact everybody. That's not what they did. They talked about what was going on and how it was impacting people. And they spoke intelligently to one another. But what's really important is that they were all spiritually like-minded. Spiritually like-minded people see things different than other people. And so when we find ourselves, listen, if you're looking for someone to applaud and cheer your craziness, you will always find it outside of the realm of spiritual people. And many times that's what we want. We want someone to kind of bolster our disgust at what's happening. And so we, we look for those people. We look for people who will jump in there with us and say, oh, I agree with you. The world is crazy. Everyone's crazy. You should do this and you should do that and, and you should push back and, and you should post that on Facebook and you should. But spiritually like-minded people who agree to go to the Lord first they see it different. And I think it's really important to see here too that out of necessity, Daniel had a small group. Listen, now it was out of necessity, okay? I, I'm not, they, they didn't choose to form a small group. They were the small group. You and I are in a position where we get to choose. We get to choose the people that we're going to let influence us. We get to choose the people around us who, who we're going to listen to them and we're going to give them permission to listen to us. And the fool, the fool is the person who says, I don't need anyone. The greater fool is the one who says, I'm going to surround myself with fools. And that's who I'm going to listen to. And that's who I'm going to give permission to listen to me. 
Listen, if you and I, if we want to make, if, if, if we want to find God in the chaos in our world, the chaos in our lives, we got to surround ourselves with people who are spiritually like-minded people. And that's who we share our life with. And that's who we give permission to listen to us and speak into us. That's how we find God in our chaos. The Bible goes on to tell us in the next verse, Daniel, he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. So the third thing is that if we're going to find God in our chaos is that we ask others to join us in praying for God's compassion. God's compassion is nothing more than his mercy. It's God helping us even though we can't really do anything to help him. That's, that's compassion. That's mercy. It says he urged them. That word urged means he begged them. He invited them to pray with him. You ever done that? I mean, I get what we do. We do is say, hey, you know what? I need a new job. Will you pray for me? That's not what Daniel did. Daniel went in with this urgency, this, this invitation that says, will you, let's, we need to do this. We need to pray for the chaos that, is entered, that has entered our lives. We need God's help. I don't need a new job. I need God's help. I need his compassion. kind of interesting that he said he used the word mystery he says from that that he urged them to plead for mercy from the god of heaven concerning this mystery isn't that what much of life feels like i mean we like to fool ourselves into thinking that that we know what's going on and we know what truth of the matter is most of it's a mystery we don't know why things are unfolding the way they're unfolding But we can take our mysteries to God, and he can help us. I mean, I want to tell you something happened. I don't know that I've ever shared this story. But back when COVID was just unfolding, I don't know, you know, we kind of divide our lives into two now, pre-COVID, post-COVID. And so uh, this was um, pre-COVID. It was... I remember the month because I went to California that month to, to speak at a, at a conference out in California. And it was, it was, in, it was in March. And uh, I think sometime in February of that year, I'm pretty sure this was, I don't know, it was the year COVID. I, and it's funny, I don't remember the dates. I just remember the, but it was the year that COVID was just coming on the world. It was coming on the scene. And I had read something online about this virus that was in China that people, you know, it was, it's not the first time we'd read about a virus in China. They seem to all come from China. Don't know why that is. Not slamming China, just saying it seems to happen a lot. And, and so I read about this and I read about, you know, people didn't know what was going on. It was spreading really quickly. There seemed to be a high death rate to it and all this kind of stuff. And, and as it was spreading, governments were thinking about shutting down. I thought that was kind of interesting. 
And I knew I was getting ready to go to California on this trip, and, and I knew that was coming up. And for some reason, I don't know, the only thing I know to do is to give God the credit for this. There was something inside of me that said, Carrie, you might want to prepare for this. And I'll never forget, I, I asked Chris and Jason and Stephen to join me in my office. And we sat down, and I said, hey, guys, have you heard about this thing happening in China? And, and, and they were like, oh, yeah, I've kind of heard about it. I don't, I don't really, you know, I'm not really that concerned about it. I said, well, you know, I'm not either. But I said, let's just pretend for a moment. I said, let's just pretend, guys, that we were asked not to meet. What would we do? And we came up with a plan. And little did we know a month later we would implement that plan here at Grace Bible Church. All because we asked God to tell us. All because we went to him and said, okay, what if, Lord? What would you want us to do? How would you want us to respond? There's a verse in Jeremiah Look at what Jeremiah says, verse, chapter 33, verses 2. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And we came up with a plan. We talked it through as if it were going to happen. A month before it happened. And I remember I was in California when the state of Ohio declared we're closing down. And I remember, I, I think it was Chris that called me and said, hey, the governor here is just now, he's just now asked churches not to meet. He's not requiring it, but he's asked them not to. What are we going to do? And Chris, we talked about this. Yeah, we did. Do you want us to do that? Let's do that. And we move forward with our plan. Listen, I'm, all I'm trying to say is that you and I can find God in our chaos. We can discover him in the mysteries of our life that do not make sense to us. And that set the tone for Grace Bible Church and what we did through that season. And the same thing can happen in your personal life. But we have to be willing to go to him. Look at what the Bible goes on to say. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. So dreams happen while we're asleep. Visions happen while we're awake in Scripture. So during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. In other words, he was awake. His mind was engaged. He wasn't asleep. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes of kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my, of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Wow. And so Daniel leads us to the fourth thing. 
praise God when God did a God thing. And that's what you and I have to do. We have to praise God when God does a God thing. Listen, we don't praise God for the, for the chaos in our life. We praise God in the chaos of our life. And there's a difference between those two things. And our praise, listen, our praise is kind of reserved. That's the only way I know to say it. I, I read a story one time about a, a, a boy who walked in on his father. He was counting money. The, guy, the, the dad was sitting at the table, and he was counting some money that was there. And the son walked up and said, Dad, what are you doing? You counting money? He went, yeah, that's what I'm doing. He said, are you counting it in your head? Said, the father said, yes, how else would I do it? And the boy said, with your mouth, and turned around and walked away. Do you get it? A lot of times our praise is just in our head. It's got to come out. We praise out loud, not just with our thoughts. And that's what Daniel does here. Daniel, Daniel he opens up into this, this praise of God of who he is and what he does and how wonderful and how mighty and how, how he steps in and he does things that are incredible that no one else could ever do. And he says it out loud for people to hear. The Bible goes on to tell us, Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Love this, because Daniel could have said, Kill them all, save me and my friends. That's not what he did. Arioch took Daniel to the king and at once said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. Then king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Listen, the God wants to be known as the God among all other gods. And that's what Daniel is getting ready to explain to the king. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come, your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. And Daniel then goes into the dream. He tells King Nebuchadnezzar his dream, and then he interprets the dream. And we are not going to look at it this morning. But I promise you, we're going to look at it next year because it's a great dream for us to look at in an election year. So we're going to come back to it. But what you need to know right here is that Daniel tells him the dream, and then he interprets the dream. And along the way, listen, it leads us to the fifth thing, and that is share because you care. Daniel did not keep to himself what God revealed to him. He went immediately to the king and he said, let me tell you what's going on. God has given me information and I'm going to share it with you. And folks, that's, that's what you and I are supposed to be doing when God speaks to us. When God, when God moves in our life and he gives us what we need to understand the chaos in our own life, we are to share that with others because we care for others. We're supposed to. Daniel could have very easily stepped in and said, I got this figured out, and if you want the real wise man, here he is. The rest of them, not sure they're needed. But instead, Daniel helped save and rescue all those godless people. He shared because he cared. 
Then it leads us to the sixth thing, and that is make sure God gets the credit. Make sure God gets the credit when he talks to you. He, he told the king up front, no person can explain, but there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. You see, God wants to be known. He wants to be known. And he makes himself known through his people. That's how he is revealed, through his people. When I was a teenager, I remember watching a game one night. It was between the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Had no idea I'd be living so close to Cleveland one day when I was watching that game. But I was watching this game, and um, there, was a, there was a player. Now, you got to remember, this is when I was a teenager. This was a long time ago. And there, was a, there was a guy named, named uh, uh, Stacy King. Stacy King played for the Chicago Bulls, and he was a teammate of Michael Jordan. And that night, the Bulls beat the Cavaliers. And after the game was over with, they were interviewing Stacy King. And they asked him, they said to him, what are you going to remember about this game? He said, forever I'm going to remember this is the game where Michael Jordan and myself scored 70 points together. But here's what's important to know. Michael Jordan scored 69 points. <laughs> and Stacy King scored one. Sometimes that's what we seem to do with God. God does this amazing, wonderful thing, and we kind of throw ourselves in there and say, remember when I was a part of this? And it was God who did all the heavy lifting. It was him who pulled it all together. And you and I, when, when things like this happen in our life and God moves in our life and he reveals to us the mysteries in our life, we find God in our chaos. So important that we tell people that it was the Lord. It was the Lord. When people ask me about why we didn't close through COVID, when, when we stayed open and everybody else closed, and listen, we didn't do that with a lot of rattling. I mean, we didn't have people walking around signs. I didn't call the newspapers and tell them, hey, we're not. We just stayed open. And we changed the way we did things. And we just stayed open. And when people would ask me, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Well, the Lord gave me this plan. That's all I know to say. And I shared that plan with other men, godly men. And then I moved to the elders and shared with them. And we all agreed that it was God that was in it. That's giving God the credit. Daniel goes on to say in verse 36, he says, this was the dream and now we will interpret it to the, to the, to the king. And he, he did all of that. But what, what's important about this verse, don't overlook this. Look at what it says. This was the dream and now we will interpret it. Never act like you're the lone ranger of success. In spiritual matters. Daniel brought Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah with him to explain the vision to the king. He didn't just show up and say, look at what I've done. 
Nope. He said, these, these, these men with me, together we will do it. And listen, that's what I love. Uh, one thing I love about Grace Bible Church and the elders of Grace Bible Church and the leadership of Grace Bible Church, we do it. If there's something good that happens, God did it and we agree God was in it. If something bad happens, my fault. Okay? My fault. But if God's in it, we did it. Not me. We. The Bible goes on to tell us that King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of all gods. Neb didn't even know who God was. Now, all of a sudden, oh, Daniel, your God is the God. I know all about the other little gods, but your God is the God. And he says, that's not all he says. Surely your God is is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery, which leads us to the last thing, and that is watch God bring sanity to chaos through you. Listen, God wants to be known. He allows trouble to become the spotlight in our life so that we can be reminded that he is the God of all gods. But once we are reminded of that, it's not just so that we can feel good about ourselves. It is so that we can step into the world, help those around us, and tell the world around us, our God is the God. And it doesn't matter how chaotic it is. Because we live in a pretty chaotic world. Amen? Stephen's going to come. He's going to close our time together. For those of you watching online, thank you for joining us this morning, for being a part of this service. We hope that you'll join us again next week.